0: All you poor workers, good news to you, I'll tell how the good old union has come in here to dwell
4: If we ain't all free, ain't none of us free. You're listening to Alabama's only union talk radio show, The Valley Labor Report, with Adam Keller and Jacob Morrison.
1: Hello, Tennessee Valley. This is The Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, Adam Keller. And we are broadcasting live online and on the radio from the heart of the Tennessee Valley in the Spice Radio studio in Huntsville, Alabama. Today we've got Alabama UAW member Ronnie uh, Mills from the striking Tuscaloosa local. They are striking against ZF Manufacturing, which is a part supplier for Mercedes. We are also talking to Eddie Burkhalter from Alabama Appleseed about the fines and fees that run our state and why they're bad. We're also taking a look at what workers were up to in the South last week and what bosses were up to in the South last week. One of them was good. One of them was bad. We will let you decide for yourself. Uh which one is which If you want to be part of the program today, we've got a phone number. The line is not open, but uh, we will take text messages to 844-899-TVLR. That is 844-899-8857. We will take phone calls in the second half of our program uh, that is online only. We call it overtime. So you can call in in the second half of the the program. In particular, if you are a UAW member, want to hear from you. You can also leave a voicemail or send us a text message throughout the week. Uh, and if we, you haven't gotten enough of us by the time that we wrap up here on the radio or if you just want to see what we're up to throughout the week, then you can find us anywhere you find anything online, particularly on our website, tvlr.fm. You can sign up to our newsletter there uh, where you will get Last Week in Southern Labor and Boss Watch in your inbox every week on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we are also, of course, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Twitch, I think. Yes, we're on Twitch. Uh, all at the Valley Labor Report. Um, just a reminder, your support helps us stay on the air. Our largest single source of funding comes directly from our listeners. So if you want to become a sustaining donor to the program or make a one-time donation, you can go to our website at tvlr.fm slash to, again, make a one-time donation or a recurring monthly contribution. You can also go to our store, tvlr.fm store, to buy our merch, or uh, patreon.com slash The Valley Labor Report to become a patron if you are more familiar with uh, that setup. But I will say that at tvlr.fm donate, our payment processor is unionly.io. They are a union company, and they take less money off of each transaction than Patreon. So you spend less of your money and we get more of it if you go through Unionly, but ease of access for Patreon, I understand. So whatever you want to do, we are there. If you're a member of a union, then please think about getting your local or your international to sponsor the show. Uh, You can reach out to us for more details on that. We absolutely could not do the show without our union sponsors.
0: Absolutely. And let me add a disclaimer that any viewpoints or opinions expressed in this program belong solely to their author and do not necessarily represent any organization or sponsor. We welcome all of our listeners, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Unclaimed Mysteries Internet Radio, WVNN, WZZA, WHIV, or through your favorite podcast app. We are proud to be part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network and encourage our listeners to check that out. And as most of you know, we are not media professionals, just a few diehard unionists who believe that Alabama and the South's labor movement and working class deserve a bigger platform. We're hoping this project can make a difference on that front, and we could not do it without you. We want to thank everyone for tuning in whether you're a loyal fan or a first-time listener we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning
1: absolutely uh shout out to the chat mark says light them up Jules says good morning sean fain is setting the country on fire love it infinite content says good morning alex says good morning jay says love sean fain and crew about time we had a decent leader 8877 says morning y'all appreciate everybody tuning in and hanging out with us in the chat really means a lot. Um also appreciate everybody that came out last weekend to our first live show. I had such a good time and it's not just because of the beer that i drink <laughs> it was a very good time sci-fi did an excellent stand-up set to open us up um it was very very good and I had never heard him before uh perform before I had only heard him um in studio with us and he's obviously you know has a you know kind of a uh you know funny comments and stuff but his his set was really really on a totally different level. Uh a lot of fun. We also had uh different guests. We had um young social justice, um racial justice organizers, criminal justice organizers. We had old union heads, retired union presidents all talking in this as part of the same show about their experiences. Uh, fighting power, fighting the boss, telling us some funny stories, Um, and uh, we played a fun game, uh, Boss Watch. Uh, We gave the winner of the game a free shirt. Um, We just had a really good time. I think it was a lot of fun, and it definitely uh, makes me want to do it again. So uh, if you missed out, you can become a monthly contributor to the program tvlr.fm slash donate or patreon.com slash the valley labor report we are going to send a recording of that to our monthly donors um and also if you want to catch us live then just keep tuning in and i think tentatively we're going to try to do something again in the spring uh i had a a really good time so we want to try to do it again
0: absolutely yeah i want to thank everyone again who came out uh it was just so cool to have like-minded folks gathered in the same space. Like you said, um, you know, there was diversity in the crowd. There were folks from different sides of the movement, you know, folks from different organizations, uh, with different experiences. And we had intergenerational dialogue, which I think is really, really important. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's fun to do stuff in person and and get, get Mm -hmm. together in the same room and, and connect folks and like, That was really cool for me to see, uh, you know, just so many of our favorite folks in the same room connecting and having conversations. And so uh, that's what it's all about. And really, you know, I look forward to doing it again. I think it's it's a great way to uh, connect with folks. And if you missed it, you did miss a a, a fun night. Uh, But like Jacob said, if you are a sustaining member of the program, uh, you will get to see that. And so I hope you'll tune in and enjoy it.
1: Yep. With that, let's go ahead and jump right into what uh, workers in the southern United States and colonies were up to last week. Um, In new election filings, we had 104 workers at Overseas Shipholding Group in Tampa, Florida file for unionization with the International Organization of Masters, Mates, and Pilots. 31 workers at Rivers Casino in Portsmouth, Virginia filed for unionization with the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Local 822. 77 music workers at Eastern Music Festival in Greensboro, North Carolina filed for unionization with the American Federation of Musicians Local 342. 13 workers at Rare Bird Roastery in Falls Church, Virginia filed for a union election with Workers United. 27 workers at Swissport Fueling in Fort Myers, Florida filed for a union Election with the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers. 50 workers at Unity Healthcare in Washington, D.C. filed for a union election with the Union of American Physicians and Dentists, UAPD. 80 workers at Tile Courts in Dixon, Tennessee filed for a union election with the United Steelworkers International Union. 18 workers at Bee Leaf Medical in St. Louis, Missouri filed for a union election with the United Food and Commercial Workers Local 655. 82 workers at the International Rescue Committee in Dallas, Texas filed for a union election with the Office and Professional Employees International Union, Local 277. We have, unfortunately, a big correction from last week. That 780 worker unit at Pico Foods in West Point, Mississippi, was not a union election petition, but rather a decertification petition. So, unfortunately... That is not 780 workers looking to join a union, but on the bright side, that is 780 workers who are already unionized in Mississippi, and the decertification petition was pulled last week. So those workers are and will remain part of UFCW Local 1529. Students at Marshall University in West Virginia formed the college's first student union. A few groups of workers withdrew their petition for union election last week. Five workers at the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, headquarters in D.C., withdrew their petition for union election with the United Staff Union. Could be bad. Uh, Don't like to see union staff pulling elections for their own union election. Uh, That's not uh, not. Not great, but you know, there could be another story. Would love any insight anybody has about that. 18 workers for Flower Garden Bakery in uh, tied in their union election with the Bakery, Confectionery Tobacco Workers and Grain Millers, BCTGM International Union, Local 358, 6-6 to with one challenged ballot and the petition for representation was withdrawn. After an election was scheduled for 18 workers at Liberty Communications of Puerto Rico they withdrew their petition for union With the Communication Workers of America. In election results, we had 394 workers at Molson Coors Beverage Company in Elkton, Virginia voting against unionization with BCTGM, local one uh, with BCTGM 126 to 20 uh, to 225. Sorry. The vote was 126 to 225 against unionizing with BCTGM. 211 workers at American Fuels cells and coated fabrics in Magnolia, Arkansas, voted in favor of unionization with USW. 108 to 79. 24 workers at Transit Management of Alexandria in Alexandria, Virginia, voted in favor of unionization with the Amalgamated Transit Union, ATU, Local 689, 15 to 6. 16 workers at Primary Medical Group in Ponce, Puerto Rico, voted in favor of unionization with ULEES, 13 to 2. 13 workers at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. voted in favor of unionization with the Service Employees International Union, SEIU, Local 500. Uh, Several weeks ago, this is in Settlements, Grievances, and Unfair Labor Practices. Several weeks ago, the American Federation of Government Employees announced that they had secured back pay and recall rights for 5,000 VA employees who had been wrongfully terminated after an illegal implementation of a Trump administration policy. Now, Labor Notes is reporting that Trump is making it a campaign issue to again fire these workers that he illegally fired in the first place this will obviously damage the veterans affairs uh, veterans administration's ability to serve it will disrupt these employees lives many of whom are veterans themselves and ultimately again almost certainly cost the taxpayer in the inevitable settlement that would come from breaking the law In strikes and bargaining updates, 188 UAW members at ZF Manufacturing in Tuscaloosa, Alabama are on strike after voting down three contract proposals from the company that were insufficient in particular in regard to health care and raises. We're going to be talking to Ronnie Mills, president of The Local, about that later in the program. We mentioned that the state employee insurance board here in Alabama was considering raising premiums and cutting benefits for state government workers, and last week they went through with because Alabama does not give its public workers uh, collective bargaining rights. They did not have to bargain over the changes. The USFL and XFL are considering a merger You'll remember that the USFL players successfully unionized with the USW, while XFL players voted against unionization. The USFL Players Association put out a statement on the merger saying that, quote, regardless of what happens with a potential merger, we are looking forward to the future growth of professional football and our ongoing relationship with the USFL as we ensure that players have a strong voice on the job. Shangri-La dispensary workers with the United Food and Commercial Workers UFCW Local 655 in Columbia, Missouri, are still on strike. They began in May. Three Brothers Coffee workers with UFCW Local 1995 are still on strike in Nashville. They have been since June, as well as Memphis Soy Protein Production workers with the BCTGM International Union Local 390G. They've also been on strike since June. And the UAW has expanded their strike at Stellantis and GM to all of their parts distribution centers 38 in total across 20 states including in mississippi georgia and tennessee right around here uh that makes uh 5600 more uaw members on the picket line ford was spared from the escalation because they had serious progress in their negotiations and we're going to talk about that later in the program as well uh really good news on the ford front but still a little ways to go That's going to be it for last week in Southern Labor for us. We are going to take a break really quick, and we'll be right back with Eddie Burkhalter from Alabama Appleseed talking about fines and fees and how they trap Alabamians, and uh, they're not good. Is going to be the thesis of the conversation, is my understanding. So uh, we'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report.
4: In Alabama, more than 200,000 of our friends and family members are living without health care coverage. Often, folks can't stay healthy enough even to keep their jobs. We can fix this. It's time for us to find a way to close the health care coverage gap so that people can remain at work. Let's make this a priority. Let's close this gap and cover Alabama. To learn more and how you can help, visit coveralabama.org.
5: The attorneys at Maples, Tucker and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maples Tucker and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtnj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services provided is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms.
1: Support for the Valley Labor Report comes from the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers Union. Learn more by visiting www.ifpte.org. Come build a better future with us today and join IU Pat.
4: I'm attorney Tommy Senyard. When you've been injured and need help, you need a lawyer who's with you. Senyard Law. You need attorneys always available to take care of you. Senyard Law. And keep you in the loop. It's your case. You need to know what's happening. Senyard Law. And never a charge to meet with us to evaluate your case. Senyard Law. A new firm, but an old name. One that will stay with you every step of the way. Senior Law, the name
6: with proven results.
1: Support for this program is provided by the International Association for Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama. Learn more at IAMAW44.org. Come on, you poor man. labor creates all wealth all wealth should go to labor and you are listening to the valley labor report my name is jacob morrison my co-host is adam keller We appreciate you listening, folks. Uh, Again, appreciate everybody in the YouTube chat. We've got about 50 to 60 people watching us live on YouTube and only 20 likes. Uh, If you haven't liked the stream yet, please do. Also, subscribe to the show so you get notified about our new content. We are live every Saturday morning at 9.30, and we put out like two to three clips every single day throughout the week, so uh, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss anything that we do. Jules asks, does the Valley Labor Report have a discord uh we actually do but i don't use it um and i like we started it like three years ago, and we never really pushed it. It's only got like one or two listeners in it, and I don't even know if they're there anymore, um, and we never really used it or pushed it or anything. So uh, so technically, yes, but not really. Alex says, Sean Fain is giving more presidential-slash-public-service energy than any politician in my lifetime. It doesn't have to be him, but dang, do we need someone like him heading up a labor party? I agree, and so does Miss Anonymous. Um, William says, Local 1853 in the House. Local 1853 is right up the road from us here in Huntsville. Local 1853 is in Spring Hill, Tennessee, about an hour and a half away. And that was the second picket line that I ever walked in 2019. So I was happy to do that. And uh, if y'all go on strike again over there, I will be right back up there. Jay says, love your show, by the way. Nice to have a voice. Appreciate it. Um, and let's see. Appreciate all of the um, conversation in the chat. Uh, it's all very good. And UAW 685 from Hoosier. William says, standing with UAW Blue Cross Blue Shield in Michigan. Yes, they are on strike as well. The UAW is striking all over the place. They've also got paper workers on strike. Paper workers are very close to my heart. I have uh, done a lot of reporting on paper workers. Alex says, are there any DFW UAW members in here? I don't know. Sound off in the chat if you are from the Dallas-Fort Worth area and a member of the UAW. Uh, Strom, $2 super chat. Good more, uh, Solidarity from South Carolina. Thank you, Strom. Appreciate it. Um, and we have a $5 super chat from Leggy Bean, Solidarity from Minnesota. Thank you. Appreciate it. So let's go ahead and get to our guest. Eddie Burkhalter is here from Alabama Appleseed. He is, uh, he is the author of a recent report that they put out, Taken for a Ride, um and eddie's going to talk to us about it eddie i appreciate you taking the time this morning to talk to us welcome to the program
2: thanks thanks so much jacob thanks for having me i appreciate it um, yeah I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the report if you'd like and then we can discuss uh so the idea behind the report uh was if you, if you kept up with, with the reporting on Brookside that, that showed uh, the detail the really aggressive police tactics of that little town just north of birmingham uh you know it, it was egregious probably the most egregious example of over policing overtaking just meant for the purpose of raising revenue and so what we wanted to look at was, was what's going on in municipal courts throughout the state. Uh, you know, are we going to see sort of the similar kinds of things in, in, in smaller degrees? And, and so we set out to do that. We spent about a year uh, visiting uh, multiple uh, municipal courts, uh, you know, seeing how their outcomes played, what sort of policing decisions resulted in those those outcomes. And, and what we saw was it wasn't really surprising. We kind of expected to see it. Uh, and what we saw was that more often than not, um, traffic court, um, traffic ticket fines and fees disproportionately impact people of color and low-income drivers. Uh, you know, time and time again, I would sit in court and see, uh, you know, folks who, who just could not afford to pay their tickets. That's the only reason they were there uh, mm-hmm. in court. You know, if you could, if you could pay your ticket, you did. You did. You don't have to go to court in most instances. Uh, but if you can't pay your ticket, you end up in court, and, and you're really at, at the whim of judges to determine whether or not. Uh, they're going to put you on payment plans, or whether they're going to have you arrested uh, for, for that non-payment. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what we found was it—it uh, it mattered very much where you got your ticket. Uh, some courts, some judges, were, were worked with folks and were very lenient, and others, uh, they would have you arrested uh, for contempt uh, if they didn't like your your answer to a question. Uh, you know, oftentimes that question is, you know, do you have a job and why haven't you paid those two questions? Um, and it was very little effort to really determine whether or not a person could afford to pay. Uh, and, and actually back it up and say, you know, the Supreme Court back in 83 had a decision and they said, you know, you can't jail folks for court debt unless you determine that, uh, they could pay it and willfully did not pay. Right. And so that left it up to judges to make that de- determination. And, and most often what we see is that judges don't do a lot of diligence to determine whether or not a person can actually pay those traffic tickets. And they're and the really mounting court debt that comes with them. Uh, you know, there's, there's no forms usually that, that people fill out, uh, you know, uh, determining, you know, how much, you know, what their income is like, with what, what they owe, their number of dependents. Uh, most often it's just a couple of questions and, and, and that, that leaves a person really vulnerable to arrest. Uh, you know, I, I followed people throughout that year Two people uh, were homeless. Um, uh, you know, one person became homeless during that year. Uh, you know, mounting. I mean, just crippled with court uh, traffic ticket debt. Um, you know, just it really impacts folks, their lives, their families, their ability to get to work, their ability to get to you know, medical care, groceries. I mean, you know, these these folks are really living on the margins, and 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 it's because of this this traffic ticket debt and and, and really. The reason that exists is because we have to pay for our local and state municipalities mm. uh, you know we, we don't tax folks property taxes are low in alabama right, right. um that benefits a certain uh section of folks what we, what we end up doing is, is making folks who are who are the most vulnerable among us uh, pay for everything you know pay for these municipal courts pay for all of these different departments that get parts of these these, these funds these, these fines and fees um, and it's, it's really it's, it's difficult to see um, uh, these, these people struggle with it.
1: I, I saw a stat uh, in the last couple of weeks and I can't remember if it came from your report or not but doesn't the median Alabamian pay more in like fines and fees and court costs and all, all that kind of stuff than they do in property taxes?
2: Yeah, I think that was, that was that was probably in the Alabama Reflector series. a really great series. Uh, they had a three-part series that came out recently. Uh, Ralph Tebogo did a really good job with that, where he looked at uh, you know the finance behind it and what what Alabamians pay. And, and you're absolutely correct. You know, in the South, but specifically in, in Alabama, uh, folks pay a lot more um, in fines and fees. Uh, you know, compared to you know uh, property taxes than do people in other states. And, and what that says is. You know, we are placing the burden of running our government on the backs of the poorest among us. And if they don't pay, sometimes they just go to jail. You know, I, I, had, I had a person that, I followed that, that sat in jail for six days because uh, this person did not show for a hearing to discuss traffic ticket debt. That's it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. six days in a solitary cell, no running water, um, no no working toilet. I don't know if you can imagine that, that over traffic ticket debt. I mean, you know, that, we talk about, you know, justice and and, and equality, but. You know, I don't. I don't know how that's justice,
1: right? And and I, I want to talk some more about that. But but the just to emphasize the point, when we have it set up such that the median or, or the average person is more likely to or, or it pays more in fees than in property taxes, we can obviously kind of guess, and this is borne out by the data, that you are more likely to have fines and fees the less income that you have, right? Because somebody at the higher end of the income scale is much less likely to kind of run afoul of the law in these ways that are going to accumulate fines and fees. And so it's on top of, you know, the property tax really being so low, uh, it is regressive in that you know the the more money that you have, the less that you have to pay in these other kinds of fines and fees, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that what I witnessed in court was was folks who would who would end up with uh, you know let's say they got stopped one stop, uh, they would they would get hit with three or four or five tickets for that one stop. Okay, each mm-hmm. each ticket comes with a fee, right? But it also comes with court costs, uh, and 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 oftentimes the judge will hit court costs on each of those charges, even though it's one stop. So, one hundred and ninety dollars court costs for one charge. They'll hit mm-hmm. them with another one. That's 100, another one hundred and ninety dollars. It's real easy to watch, and I've watched many times people end up with a thousand dollars worth of tickets in one stop. Mm-hmm. And most often, the regulatory stuff—it's insurance tag, right. uh, things like that—and those always that we know that those those impact the lower income holds and people call it more than they do anyone else.
1: Yeah. Right. And so, the what people I imagine would say to you. If they are in support of this system is that what this does is uh, it's like uh, uh, a disciplinarian kind of thing. It dissuades people. you know, what what do you want, Eddie? If you uh, charge people less in fines, then that's gonna make them more likely to not have a car tag or drive around with a broken taillight. That's what they're gonna say. Is there any evidence at all? that these fines and fees uh, that are, like you said, putting people in prison, and at, which is, uh, you know, I <laughs> learned about this a long time ago, but it's amazing uh, that that's allowed because theoretically the Constitution bans debtors' prisons, but we have people in jail literally because they can't pay their debt. Uh, it's just kind of unfathomable to me. Um, but uh, uh, you know, is there any data at all that suggests that these huge levels of, of fines and fees uh, makes Alabamians less likely to speed, for instance, than people in other states?
2: No, I mean, a previous report we did showed, showed sort of mm-hmm. the opposite. So, so it, it, these fines and fees can create crime. We, we sampled a lot of folks mm-hmm. uh, several years ago, last year, in another report, and we found that more than half of them said that they, they will commit crimes to pay their traffic ticket debt because they, they don't want to go to jail, and and so it, it's hard to argue against a fee, right? If you, if you run a stop sign, there's a $25 fee, fine, you, you, you should pay that fee, mm. but the court costs are so much more than the fee, and right. it's those court costs that keep rising, and, and, and so uh, it, it's hard to argue that there, there shouldn't be a, a fee associated with, with the traffic infraction, but we should not be placing all of the burden of running our, our local and state governments uh, on these folks through court costs, mm. which just keep growing and growing and growing.
1: Exactly. And so how do the, you know, how do judges who sentence people for prison or, in other cases, uh, suspend their driver's licenses for non-driving infractions but for failure to pay? Especially, let's talk about the suspended license first, and then we can talk about the jail. Because, you know, are judges in Alabama, are they just not aware that working people have to drive to their jobs? I mean, how are they expecting people to pay for a fee that they have without a driver's license. Yeah, I mean some judges
2: are better than others, right. I mean it's it, it, like I said, it varies from court to court. you know some judges are very patient with folks. I watch judges walk people through processes and do everything they could to keep from, from you know removing a license or, or jailing someone. Others were very quick to arrest, uh, and, you know, to remove licenses. And, and it really comes down to their, their, those, those split-second decisions. These folks don't have a lot of time in court. You might be in front of a judge for two to three minutes in a room full of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of time for these judges to, to, to make those decisions, and, and all too often they make them really quickly. Um, it's 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 really difficult to see. And you know, listen, all, these people they lose their license. They're still going to have to drive. I mean, you know, right. the, the rural parts of Alabama, there, there's no there's no other way. You you got to right. go to work. You are going to drive, and, and, it, and they're going to get other tickets. And so that's what you see, just doubling up, tripling up. Right. It's
1: really crippling. I mean, do the judges do they just pretend like they don't know that? You know, it, so are they, are hard. they, do they either, do they pretend that they don't know that or are they just actually like that stupid? Like, like that's kind of the two options that you have, right?
2: Yeah. It, you know, it's, we ask a lot of some of these judges, right? You know, we, 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 they become part of the issue. Uh, mm. we, we put this burden on their backs as well, you know, because we, we make, we make them make these decisions. Um, mm. And so it's not an easy decision to make, Yeah. You know? You know, there are laws against uh, driving, driving, uh, you know, uh, dangerously. Um, and it, if you get tickets, uh, you should pay those those fees. But but that's not really the issue. The issue is money. You know, in mm-hmm. the center, the center of these dis- discussions in these courts is always money. Uh, you know, I sat through hours and hours and hours of, of court hearings. And it's always about ha- how, why haven't you paid? How much can you pay? You know, when can you pay? And, and that's 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 what it comes down to. It's it's not about safety as much as it is just about you know right yes
1: how and then how do they justify sending people to prison when you know these are these are judges these are lawyers they've got juris doctorates presumably they know that the constitution prohibits debtors prisons how is it that they're getting around this legally and then ethically
2: yeah well it's that supreme court decision I, I said earlier you know it, the supreme court said you can't jail folks for court debt unless they willfully did not pay. And some mm. of these judges are, are left to determine, well, what is willful? Uh, you know. And so, and so some judges will actually have have a, have a person fill out form, and they'll, they'll talk about their finances. Uh, they will not arrest on the first failure to appear. Sometimes they won't arrest until you, you've had three failures to appear. So other judges mm. will, will have you arrested the first time you don't show for a review hearing to discuss your payment of debt. Uh, some judges will have you arrested right in court if they don't like your answer. I've watched a man walk in and say, listen, I, I didn't pay because I work a fast food job. Um, I, I know I, I, I my, my hours have been cut. You know, my rent's $800 a month. The judge just didn't like the answer and had him jailed and walked him out of court into handcuffs. Wow. Uh, the, you know, Before he went to, uh, walked out of the room, he said, you know now I'm going to lose my job. What am I supposed to do? Um, wow. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have a good answer for it, but, but I, we think that judges need to be doing um, – Adequate ability to pay hearings. And this judge in an answer to me, written answer said, I just don't have the time to do that. I have too many people in my courtroom in a day and I just don't have time to do that. Mm. So,
1: And so are there... The the kind of final two questions, I think, is are there any, you know, you've said that there's kind of a spectrum. Are there any um, uh, municipalities, district judges, you know, whatever, the people that are in charge of this, that are really paving the way and kind of being a light on the hill on this kind of thing and showing the way that you can really do it? And then what are some of the prescriptions that Alabama Appleseed is making and, and pushing to try to, Write uh, this ship and 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 make it better.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I did witness one one judge specifically. Uh, she, she she was the uh, uh, Jennifer Williams was a judge in, in Jacksonville uh, Municipal. She's now a district judge, uh, but she really she she really made an effort uh, to not um, to not impact those folks directly. So she would she would hold the ability to pay hearings. She would have them fill out uh, affidavit you know forms of affidavits uh, describing their their ability to pay or, or their their finances she would not jail people uh, on the first or second FTA, but only on the third FTA. Uh, so there are judges out there who understand, um, and and there have been lawsuits in small in small places that, that, have woke, that have woken up some judges uh, that, that this is a dangerous practice. Uh, but but um, yeah, uh, uh, on Appleseed, we believe that uh, judges need to be holding those ability to pay hearings. They need to mm. a- actually determine whether or not a person could pay before they decide to jail them. Uh, that, mm. That's number one. Uh, number two, there, there needs to be more transparency. Uh, you know, You know courts have data on uh race when it comes to the uh the outcomes of of municipal courts um but they don't make that 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 available you can't get to it and so we don't really know uh what some of the problems are we suspect because you look at national data and we see that that, the black uh drivers are are more heavily impacted by this uh but, but we need more transparency in that yeah
1: uh, Eddie, is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, th- that you'd like to leave the audience with on, on this issue before we let you go?
2: Uh, yeah, read the report. Uh, go to alabamaappleseed.org. Uh, the report's right there. Uh, click on the report. If you want to get involved, there's, there's a tab up top to do that. Please get involved. Help us, uh, share our reports, uh, share our work and come join us.
1: All right. Appreciate it, Eddie. I, um, second that recommendation. Read the report. It's good. Alabama Appleseed does good work. Uh, thanks for taking the time this morning
2: awesome thanks guys thanks so much yeah appreciate it
1: um yeah it's just it's crazy i don't understand how i mean i i just i don't know uh it seems like it just it just seems like you would uh you know i don't know feel bad (laughs) like yeah, ruining people's lives right right Um,
0: you know and again this is a supposedly liberally liberty learning loving uh Um, small government kind of uh environment and yet we harass people with fees and fines until they are thrown into a cage. Uh, right. It's it's really disturbing. And yeah, I appreciate Eddie and the team at Appleseed for doing their work and getting this report out there. And I, I hope that you know there was some progress this past legislative session around mm-hmm. the uh, debt-based uh, driver's license suspension. So hopefully, you know that's a that's a sign of more change to come.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, let's go ahead and, and let, let's go through Boss Watch. Then we're going to take a break. Then we're going to talk to our uh, Alabama UAW member that is on strike at ZF Manufacturing. That's that's going to be uh, what we're looking at. And so, Boss Watch, every week, you know, every day on the local news, you're going to see, uh, you know, some poor sap, their mugshot for, like, petty theft, shoplifting, trespassing, burglary, something like this. But you never see... Uh, mugshots of CEOs, despite the fact that wage theft is bigger than all other forms of theft, all you know, burglaries, robberies, all this kind of stuff. Wage theft accounts for more property stolen, more money stolen than all of that combined. That's right. But you don't see that. You are actually almost as likely to die on the job in Alabama as you are to be murdered. The death rate on the job in Alabama is 5.5 per 100,000. The murder rate is 6.2 per 100,000. And yet you don't see bosses mugshots on the news for killing their employees but you should a lot more often than you do so that's why we do boss watch we take a look at what bosses were up to in the south uh in the last week and, tell, and and we try to we try to provide a balance we try to you know we don't have mugshots we don't have the power to arrest uh but we can hopefully uh put a little bit of light on what these people are doing and so first let's start in Alabama where WHNT reported last week on a familiar story to people that have spent any amount of time in the service industry let's take a listen to this report from them
5: this has left me with nothing According to employees at Struts on Pine, just after 10 minutes before opening, they were told they'd have to leave. The employees say the business could not meet payroll. Struts on Pine had only been open three weeks before closing. Many of the employees I spoke to said they started working before the restaurant opened its doors to the public and worked doubles during the first three weeks.
3: It's me almost a month and a half behind in bills. I'm not qualifying for services because I had a job. So right now, I'm
6: empty. No food, no utilities money. Mm.
1: So there we go. Restaurant in Muscle Shoals closed without notice, leaving 24 workers not only without a job, but without a paycheck for work that they had already performed. Hopefully, I imagine the Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division is beginning an investigation into this since this has already reached the news, it's already been so public and all this kind of stuff. But this happens all too often, despite the fact that employees are expected to give at least a two-week notice before leaving a job, and some employers have actually even tried to sue to keep empl- uh, to keep workers from quitting. And yet, employers can leave us high and dry with nothing no notice, any of that kind of stuff. It's really gross. Happened at the restaurant that I used to work at. Happened at BJ's here in uh, Huntsville at um, at Bridge Street. Really gross stuff. The workers at Struts on Pine have organized a GoFundMe. We created a short link for it, uh, tvlr.fm slash GoFundMe, uh, to donate to those employees to help them uh, get through this time while they uh, find uh, other employment because they were left by their employees. Uh, entitled owner who jetted off to hawaii is what the workers are saying insane stuff over in texas a federal investigation of a san antonio-based company has recovered more than 1.1 million dollars in back wages for 238 employees uh whose employer failed to make payroll on two occasions on december 26 2022 and january 8th 2023 the recovery follows a USDOL Wage and Hour Division investigation of Water Energy Services, LLC, which provides water reclamation services for the energy industry, that determined the missed payrolls caused minimum wage and overtime violations. Over in Florida, a federal workplace safety and health investigation has determined that a Hylia roofing contractor could have prevented a 28 year old employee's fatal injuries after a 40 foot fall through a commercial roof to a concrete surface below in Miami Gardens in March 2023 by following federal safety standards. You can prevent a lot of deaths that way. Investigators with the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration responded to the site and learned that as five employees of Sealed Tight Roofing Incorporated worked to replace the roof, one fell through a section of the existing roof that collapsed as the worker was moving a debris-filled wheelbarrow. The worker was transported to a hospital but later died. OSHA determined that Sealed Tight Roofing Incorporated, operating as Ocean's Roofing and Waterproofing Corporation, exposed employees to fall hazards up to 40 feet by not providing fall protection or personal fall arrest systems. The company also failed to install covers or guardrail systems around holes in the roof and did not make certain that working surfaces had the strength and integrity to safely support the workers. The company received citations for one willful violation and two serious violations and faces about $84,000 in proposed penalties. Company, uh, the company has 15 days from receipt of the citation to comply, request an informal compl- uh, conference with OSHA, or as Sealed Tight Roofing has done, contest the findings before the Independent Occupational Safety and Health Review Commission. Over in Georgia, a Georgia-based concrete pipe manufacturer could have prevented a 19-year-old worker from suffering fatal injuries after a concrete mixer restarted while the teen tried to clean the machines inside in Cantonment in March 2023, An investigation by the U.S. Department of Labor's o- Occupational Safety and Health Administration determined that two employees of Foley Products Company climbed inside the mixer initially to use a hammer and chisel to chip away at hardened concrete. As one of those workers left the mixer, the machine restarted with the other inside. OSHA inspectors cited the company for willfully exposing workers to crushed by hazards uh, by allowing them to enter the mixer without making sure to first follow energy control procedures. The agency also found that the company exposed workers to confined spaces hazards by not making sure a safe atmosphere existed inside the mixer before workers entered and by failing to have an attendant ready to retrieve workers safely. OSHA also determined that the company did not make certain that workers were trained and that they understood the safe application and removal of energy controls before servicing the machines. Foley Products received one willful violation and six serious violations, facing about $245,000 in proposed penalties. The company has 15 days from the receipt of citations to comply, request an informal conference with OSHA, or uh, contest the findings, as Foley Products has done. We have a few dishonorable mentions. The U.S. Department of Labor alleges that Battlefish North, a Tunica, Mississippi-based fish farm and processing plant, and their owners and operators retaliated against and intimidated workers in violation of federal law during an investigation by the Department's Wage and Hour Division, including by threatening employees if they did not lie to investigators. Mm. The U.S. Department of Labor recovered about $120,000 in back wages and damages for 35 South Carolina workers who had their wages stolen by Hill Plumbing and Electric Company. Safety investigators found that Holmes Foods, a Nixon, Texas poultry processor, failed to provide eye protection and did not even develop lockout/tagout procedures. They also failed to guard rotating shafts, chains, and sprockets. OSHA is proposing about sixty thousand dollars in penalties. Hammock Beach Golf Resort and Spa in Palm Coast, Florida, violated federal laws by requiring employees uh, to uh, to provide. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> the. Resort and spa violated federal laws that require employers to provide workplace safety and uh, accommodations for workers who need to pump breast milk. The employer did not do that in the case of a uh, new mother. Additionally, the employer violated child labor laws, employing children between the ages of 14 and 15 to work longer than federal law permits. A a 59-year-old worker for Cedar Head LLC in Colquitt, Georgia, became engulfed and suffocated in a grain silo. The death could have been prevented had the employer followed federal safety standards. OSHA is proposing $41,000 in penalties for the company's violations. Always terrible going through Boss Watch. But that's going to be it for the segment. We are going to go to a break, and we'll be right back with our next guest, Ronnie Mills, president of UAW Local 2083 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who are now on strike against ZF Manufacturing, uh, which is a Mercedes parts supplier. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
4: In Alabama, more than 200,000 of our friends and neighbors are living without health care coverage. Often folks can't stay healthy enough to keep their jobs. We need to fix this. Let's close the health care coverage gap. To learn more,
1: visit CoverAlabama.org. Dot O-R-G. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. The Laborers International Union of North America Local 366 is proudly recruiting North Alabama workers to work construction and nuclear plant maintenance. If you're interested, please contact Donna at their training center to start the process. That phone number is 256-415-7468. Again, that phone number is 256 415 7452. No experience is needed. Free training is offered, but you must be able to pass a background check and a drug test. Local hiring that grows our community with good paying jobs that have benefits is their mission. Live better, work union, Local 366. Feel the power. Support for this program also comes from the Mid-South Council of Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union. Learn more at rwdsu.info. I'm Attorney Tommy Senior. When you've been
4: injured and need help, You need a lawyer who's with you. Senured Law. You need attorneys always available to take care of you. Senured Law. And keep you in the loop. It's your case. You need to know what's happening. Senured Law. And never a charge to meet with us to evaluate your case. Senured Law. A new firm, but an old name. One that will stay with you every step of the way. Senured Law, the name with proven results.
1: only union talk radio show. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. My co-host is Adam Keller. We're broadcasting online and on the radio from the Spice Radio Studios in Huntsville, Alabama. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Not forgetting about the folks watching us on Facebook. Joe says good morning. Martha and Mel say good morning. I appreciate it. Tom uh, says Uh, gave a response to the interview with Eddie appreciate that over in the YouTube chat surfer Bree says shout out local 1250 uh, 1250. Great to see you. Uncle Savage says UAW 862. Nice to see the advances we're making with Ford. Slow, but sure. And, uh, that's exactly right. I'm really, really excited, um, to talk about that, uh, later in the program. Vonda says two strikes now in Memphis need our support. That's exactly right. Uh, Memphis is one of the locations that the big three UAW strike has expanded to. If you are near Memphis, go ahead and head out there visit the UAW members on strike and the BCTGM workers who have been on strike against IFF International Fragrances and Flavors a, a uh their soy production their soy protein production workers they've been on strike since June Right. Since June, go on out and support them if you can. Penelope says, good morning. Bingo Dango says, solidarity from a UPS Teamster local 728. Thank you for tuning in. Chloe says, local 868 in the building. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Jay Woodard, UAW local 276. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Strom with another $2 super chat. Uh, the segment boss watch is a brilliant idea. Appreciate that. Uh, so there we go. Let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's go ahead and bring Ronnie into the uh on the line. Ronnie Mills is president of UAW local 2083 they are 188 workers at ZF manufacturing they are a parts supplier for Mercedes in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Ronnie, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. So, uh to start off, you're a you're a parts supplier for Mercedes. What exactly what exactly does that mean? What do you all do and and what is ZF's relationship to Mercedes?
3: Well, let me start off by saying, uh, on behalf of our president, UAW president, uh, Sean Fain, Region Director, Tim Smith, uh, Local Union 283 Service and Rep. Robert Collins, and myself would would like to say thank you for having us. And uh, we are uh, building the front and rear axle system for Mercedes-Benz plant here in Vance, Alabama.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And so uh, so if you drive a Mercedes, then then a lot, of, a lot of people driving a Mercedes are are driving on y'all's work.
3: Yes. A uh, Mercedes cannot come off their assembly line without our access system.
1: There you go. There you go. Well, uh, that's great. How long have y'all been unionized down there?
3: Roughly, approximately 22 years now.
1: 22 years. Uh, well, that's great. I honestly did not even know that we had a, a unionized UAW plant here in Alabama. So, uh I was I was glad to hear that. And uh so y'all are now on strike. You've been on strike for a few days. Uh and that that's because ZF has not given you a good enough offer. What are the issues that are at stake that made your members uh vote to go on strike?
3: Well, our main two concerns were uh better wages and health care. And what do I mean by better wages and health care? Okay, wages, the workers work simply ask for a uh, uh, wage that, uh, that they can be comfortable with, you know. Mm. Not get rich, but comfort. You know, also uh, better health care, lower premiums, lower deductibles, lower co-pays, you know. And the company, ZF, refuses to uh, meet our demands.
1: And where could, could can you give us a little bit of a of an idea of how far apart y'all are right now? Well,
3: we're a good we we're, we're a bit apart right now for the simple fact that they they're not willing to give us the uh, the wages that we're asking for mm-hmm. and the health care coverage that we're asking for.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, how? How did your members get kind of uh, any inspiration or um, or, you know, good feeling about going on strike from what is happening with the big three uh, with your fellow members at the big three automakers?
3: Well, our leadership is is great. I, I, the word I can use for them is great. Mm. You know, they lead us, they teach us, they tell us the direction to go and uh When we sat down and we came up with three different proposals, all that were turned down by the membership. So the membership spoke loudly.
1: Mm. And so uh, you spoke, you're now on strike. You've been on strike for a few days. How are the members feeling about being on strike?
3: Their spirits are high. You know, they're out fighting for what they believe in. You know, Mm. they're, they're, they're fighting for their family. They're also fighting for community's family to see that they're in this fight. And uh, uh, the morale is really high. I'm very proud of it.
1: And you said, you know, y'all are fighting for the community as well. And that's something that, that I don't think people really understand enough because, uh, you know, when wages are increased for y'all instead of that money, because that money is created, it's going to go somewhere. The only question is where yes. is it going to go to shareholders and investors in New York or, what you know, wherever these people live that don't live in our communities, is it going to go there or is it going to go to y'all? And when it goes to y'all, y'all are able to spend it in your local community, stimulate the local economy um, and support your small businesses, your restaurants and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, And so anytime, you know, workers are fighting for themselves for higher wages and stuff like that, they're also fighting for their communities in a very real and tangible way. Has that support been reciprocated by the community have you been seeing support from the community on the picket line
3: yes we had great support we had donations from different uh groups and people who bring out us water or food Mm -hmm. they come out and stand and talk with it and encourage the people and we love them for it and we certainly certainly are grateful
1: fantastic fantastic well you know i i really love to hear that Um, And and something else that I was curious about kind of outside of this uh, strike situation at ZF Manufacturing is how your members feel about the big three. uh, You know, what's going on at Ford, GM and Stellantis? How are you know, how are they seeing how do they view this situation as it's unfolding?
3: They support them. They're very supportive. Uh, They feel that they're doing the right thing because these big companies make millions of dollars Mm. and and like I always say billions of dollars billions billions of dollars (laughs) and like I say we don't want the whole pie Mm. we just want just a piece of the pie Mm. we won't be able to feed our family we want to be able every now and every now and again take a vacation you know just simple things that the workers deserve that with the pay that they're making with their premiums and the insurance is so high that it's hard to make ends meet, mm. you know, and it, it is very encouraging to see that people fighting for what they believe in and standing
1: up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, I hope sometime soon I'm able to go to one of their picket lines and I hope to be able to, I'd like to try to make it out uh, to y'all's picket line at some point, but I certainly don't uh, don't wish for your strike to be extended uh, just so that I can be out there. But I'm gonna try <laughs> I'm gonna try to make it out there at some point. Uh, well, so well, We y'all.
3: welcome you. We welcome you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of that, you know, we are on terrestrial radio here in North Alabama, in Huntsville and Muscle Shoals, uh, but we do have people um you know like yourself and presumably there you know i assume that you've got some some members tuning in on youtube we have other listeners in tuscaloosa that i know about uh that may want to visit you on the picket line where would they go if they wanted to support y'all
3: well in front of uh, uh, zf chaston that's 1200 commerce drive tuscaloosa alabama 35401
1: fantastic I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hopefully, you'll have a a few of our listeners swing by and say hi. Honk if you uh, drive past the picket line to show your support if you're not able to stop. Um, Adam, did you have any questions for Ronnie?
0: Well, I just wanted to say, Ronnie, that I really appreciate you coming on and taking some time because I know you're very, very busy right now. Mm. Uh, You've got a lot on your plate, and I just want to commend you for for your leadership and commend... Mm. Your members for their leadership because you know the the auto worker job used to be a gold standard in this country and that was what so many blue-collar workers aspired to was to get a good auto factory job Mm. uh, to be able to take care of their family with one income and like you Mm. said go on a vacation every now and then be able to provide for the family go to the doctor when you need to go to the doctor and so what y'all are doing at the UAW, both at the ZF plant right, in, right here in Alabama and across the big three is really fighting not just for yourselves, but I would say for all American workers mm. um, because it's, it's just time for a change. And like you said, people are standing up for what they believe in. And when that happens, when regular working people stand together, that's important and it's worthy of our support and so we support you we're sending our love and solidarity to your struggle um and just keep us posted on whatever we can do to support uh because your your struggle is is important and we're hoping you can come
1: back and report a, a big victory very soon
3: i'm certainly grateful for you all having me
1: yeah absolutely anything else that you wanted to say before we let you go ronnie
3: uaw uaw uaw
1: Hell yeah. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yes, (laughs) sir. All right. Ronnie Smith, president of UAW Local2083. And that's another thing that that you mentioned, Adam. You mentioned the uh, you know, appreciating his leadership. And that's something that just people do not understand about union leadership is that it is it is leadership and also servantship. Because Uh, You know, I spoke to Ronnie on the phone yesterday and he, like so many other local presidents, are working presidents. They are bargaining unit employees they still perform their bargaining unit responsibilities uh that's uh, most union officers in fact are that way and they sacrifice uh time a lot of their own time volunteering off the clock uh to serve their members to fight for their jobs to negotiate contracts to learn how to negotiate a contract there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into being a a union officer that people just really do not appreciate and uh, and I don't even think
0: you talked about members' gripes and grievances, yeah. uh, which is a whole other. <laughs> yeah, I corners. mean,
1: you really got to be like a therapist almost in some of these. Right, in some it's, instances. it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot, and
0: I and I think you're right to distinguish that there is servantship and then you know there are folks who who like the big titles. Yeah. Um. And unfortunately, you know, we have some of those folks out there in our movement and in our unions, uh. But I think increasingly more and more members are mm-hmm. engaged and and really taking ownership and and pursuing change, uh, yeah. change that we need to see in this country and in our, inside of our own unions. And so, uh, yeah, there are, there are folks all over this country who are volunteering so much of their time mm-hmm. and energy, um, you know, just to help their fellow worker. <clears throat> and, yeah. uh, you know, that's really, it, it's laudable and it's important and we need more people. That's the key is addition mm-hmm. and multiplication. We've got to have more people doing that work. Uh, because many hands make light work.
1: Absolutely. Um, uh, Ronnie made a mention of UAW Region 8. Uh, the regional director, Tim Smith, sent me a text uh, just a couple of minutes ago to tell everybody that UAW Region 8 said hello to all of labor um, and... Uh, uh I don't know exactly if all of Labor is watching, but uh maybe one day, maybe one day, Brother Smith, we'll get there. <laughs> um, so appreciate and appreciate you, uh, Tim Smith, for setting that interview up for us. I really, I really appreciate it. And uh you and your members are always welcome on the program anytime. Jose uh Solidarity from Teamsters Local 952, William, on to a 32-hour work week with no loss of pay or benefits. That's one of the things that they're fighting for. Um, um, Strom with another super chat $10 check out Timothy mentions America's auto- other automakers there's a chapter on the Mercedes Benz operations in Alabama and a Ooh. chapter on Hyundai's operations in Alabama um, I may very well do that. Uh, that that yeah that sounds really sounds good. up our alley um we have a IBEW brother in the chat. Fernando, solidarity from IBEW Local 520. Thanks for tuning in. Scott Davis, solidarity from the IWW. Thank you for tuning in. And um, yeah, this is great. So let's go ahead and talk about the big three, uh, what's been going on at the big three automakers. Um, the uh, uh, There has been a uh, big news (laughs) last week where, um, the strike has expanded. The strike has expanded to 38 parts distribution centers at, uh, GM and Stellantis. Ford has been spared from an expanded strike for now because they have made serious movement on the issues that the UAW is fighting for. And so, uh, they, as they have, as they've been doing this whole time, the UAW leadership has been very transparent about what the bargaining positions of the union are and where the automakers um, are as of, as of yet. And so yesterday he did the same exact thing again. He told us where the automakers were and where the UAW was. And so we'll go through that kind of uh, really quickly on tiers. Ford has made the most progress. Uh, Rossonville components and Sterling axle employees will now be on the same wage scale as assembly workers. We have eliminated that entire wage tier. That's huge. GM has also done a similar thing. GMCH and CCA employees will now be on the same wage scale as assembly workers. We have eliminated that entire wage tier. Amazing. Stellantis, uh, are not meeting that. They're saying uh, they want to have continued substandard pay at Mopar. And so that's not acceptable. And just a reminder, originally that GM also had the same, had a similar position that Stellantis has now. GM was originally proposing a 0% raise for CCA and GMCH, parts distribution workers. And that's a 0% raise on top of them being a lower wage tier already. It's just, you know, a double slap in the face was where GM originally was. And now they've come all the way up to eliminating that wage tier and bringing parts distribution workers to the same wage scale as uh, assembly plant workers. Huge, huge movement there. On COLA, this is where Ford is starting to really kind of set themselves apart. Ford has reinstated, they are offering to reinstate the COLA formula That was suspended in 2009. That is huge. That is enormous. Because remember, like Sean Fain has been saying, people at the beginning of this were saying, you'll never get cola back at all. Like, you'll never even get a deficient formula, much less what you gave up in 2009. Well, cola is back on the table and they got back what they lost. (laughs) on the cola formula. That is huge huge news. Uh, GM and Stellantis, however, are still uh, offering a deficient COLA formula that will provide an estimated 0% wage protection over the life of the agreement. So clearly not acceptable. Their uh, COLA formula is kind of like an emergency COLA formula. You know, if inflation hits 10% or, or 11 or 12% or something again, then at that point is when You're going to see cost of living adjustments, but just normal inflation, 2%, 3%, 4%, nah, not going to to have any support from GM and Stellantis. And so uh, not acceptable, not acceptable. They're going to have to come to where Ford is. On job security, here again, Ford putting themselves above the pack. They have agreed to a right to strike over plant closures. That is huge. That is absolutely huge. Uh, the right to strike is one of the first things that employers are going to make you give up uh, in a contract. They're going to try to make you give up your right to strike. And so for for them to put on the table a right to strike over plant closures, huge, absolutely huge. They have also said that in the event of an indefinite layoff, they will provide income security for up to two years with health care, and that applies to all employees with 90 days of service, including temporary workers. So, huge, huge movement on job security from Ford. I mean, just great stuff there. Uh, GM and Stellantis, however, are in the same place, rejected all of their job security proposals. Not acceptable. On profit sharing, We're movement across all three, but Ford is, again, setting themselves apart. Uh, Ford is saying that they will provide an enhanced profit-sharing formula that would have resulted in a 13.3% increase for the average employee in payouts over the last year. And profit-sharing has been extended to temporary employees with at least 90 days of employment. So here, we're actually... We're doing better on profit sharing at Ford. Now, GM and Stellantis, you'll remember, all of them actually started out uh, putting on the table concessionary, concessionary profit sharing. We want to cut your profit sharing. That's what all of them started out with. Ford, now we're increasing. GM and Stellantis, they're just rejecting increases. So they want to maintain status quo right now. That's not acceptable. Ford is uh, Ford is leading the way. Uh, on temps, here again, Ford is leading the way, and they are willing to agree to immediate conversion of all temporary employees with at least 90 days of employment upon ratification. So, big, big movement there, uh, as opposed to GM, who rejected all uh, proposals on temporary employees. Stellantis rejected all proposals on temporary employees, and no clear path for temporary employees to be converted. So, that's where things stand and I think you can um you can really understand why the UAW has only expanded the strike to GM and Stellantis. And that's one of the strategic benefits of this escalation campaign. It has allowed the UAW to punish GM and Stellantis for not moving on key Uh, on key contract proposals, and it has allowed them to reward Ford for their significant movement. Now, they're still on strike at Ford, that one plant that they went on strike at, uh, and they are not taking off the table increased strikes at Ford, right? So there's still pressure being applied at Ford, and they're still saying, this is not good enough, we need to make a little bit more movement here, or we need to make, you know, uh, uh, some movement here. Right. But look, you made we're gonna give it to you you made real progress in this week and so we're gonna spare you from further punishment but look at what we're doing to gm and Stellantis. that's coming for you if you don't meet us the rest of the way right huge strategic benefit huge strategic benefit there and um like I said, man, I just love to see this movement from uh, from Ford, and I'm excited to see GM and Stellantis follow uh, uh, follow suit. And you know, the parts distribution centers. Uh, w- w- another reason that this is uh, that they chose that is because that highlights kind of the fact that these parts distribution center workers they're in the second tier. They're all in a different tier, and they're all making less than assembly plant workers. Right. And so, you know. Basic. The message is kind of you know. Look, you think these people aren't worth uh, what our other workers are? Well, do without them. Let's see how (laughs) let's see how things go if you're not able to to distribute parts for repairs and things like that. Let's see how you do without these people that you think are worth less than the rest of us. So I mean, rhetorically powerful, strategically powerful, lots of good stuff. And so they've increased the strike 38 parts distribution facilities at GM and Stellantis across 20 states. 5,600 more UAW members are now on strike. The nearest picket lines to us here in Huntsville are going to be in Memphis and Jackson. I don't think there is one in – is there one in Atlanta? I don't think so. No, there's not. There. Oh, no, there is. There's one in yeah, Atlanta. yeah so atlanta memphis and jackson they're all of those are about four hours away from us uh so if you but if you're near any of those or any of the other places you know go to uh check out uaw's live stream uh they've got all of the all of the new struck facilities there they call them all out so find a picket line near you go support them
0: yeah bring some uh, waters bring some
1: soda some snacks um Yep.
0: Some good vibes.
1: Good vibes. Absolutely appreciated. And uh, so this is how Sean Fain closed out his announcement of expanding the strike.
0: All right. Hold on just a sec, Jacob.
6: Yeah, yeah, sure. Finally, I want to remind all of you of one thing. The world is watching and the people are on our side. We've seen poll after poll come out saying the American people support what we are doing. In fact, polls say support for our strike is growing. That's across parties, across ages, and across all kinds of people. And it's not just the U.S. Obviously, we've been in close contact with our Unifor family in Canada, and I know that all of you have been cheering them. Their fight is our fight. We've been in close contact with our Mexican Union counterparts, who have held demonstrations in front of GM offices in Mexico City. In Italy, 6,000 Stellantis workers recently went on strike. To our Italian Union family, your fight is an inspiration. We support you, and your struggle is our struggle. From South Africa to Malaysia, we continue to receive letters and messages of strength and support, encouraging our members to hold the line and win big and we will. So now it's time to hit the picket lines across the country. It's time to show the companies we are united and we are fired up and we are ready for a record contract. It's time to stand up against corporate greed. It's time to stand up for our communities. UAW family, I'll see you on the picket line.
1: Fantastic way to end it, stressing that. Uh, National solidarity and international solidarity. Really cool. And in particular, like I said last week, it is great to see the solidarity from our uh, sisters and brothers in Mexico. um, uh, Because it would be really easy for them to fall for that kind of divide and conquer stuff and uh, fall into this. Uh, You know, mentality that some right wing politicians here in America want other Americans to fall into, which is that these UAW employees, these UAW members have more than you do. So they're they're greedy. And don't look at the people that are making 400 times more than they are. Don't look at them. Look at the people who are making Maybe in some cases, you know, we've talked about how in some cases these people are making like $15, $16 an hour with no benefits, no pension, no health care, all that kind of stuff, right? So maybe, maybe these people aren't making more than you actually. But what you need to do is look at the people at the, top of the, uh, at the top of this group who make a little bit more than you do, not the people who make 400 times more than they do, right? That's kind of the deal. And so you can imagine it would be easy for people in Mexico to fall for that, but uh, many of them are standing in solidarity with the UAW. So that's great to see. Um, we're going to be opening the phone line in overtime. So if you're a UAW member in particular, uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 844-899-TVLR, uh, 844-899-8857 is the phone number. Love to hear from any other UAW members about how things are going in your plant or at your picket line. We're going to close the show out by talking about this, uh, um, this situation with the cops in a Birmingham school harassing a band director and now this guy doing his job right and so that's how it's you know one way that it's related to the show is that this guy is doing his job getting harassed by the cops and um you know this is something that they do that this band has done in the past this is something that Birmingham City Schools say they do not endorse. The Birmingham City Schools is saying they don't endorse fifth quarter appearances. But obviously, this band and others do fifth quarter appearances. Fifth quarter appearances are something that black high schools and HBCU do. HBCU bands do after football games. They continue playing for a quote-unquote fifth quarter for another few minutes after the game is over for their family and their supporters and people getting off the fields and all that kind of stuff. And so that's what these these people were doing. And, uh, and the cops come and start barking orders and they end up, um, physically assaulting this band director, tasing him, arresting him, and basically trying to, you know, take his job away, take his freedom away and all this kind of stuff, uh, for absolutely no reason for absolutely no reason. And of course we can agree that look, if the band director had reacted differently then things would have gone differently, okay? And that is what I would advise to people on a personal basis is you fight it after the fact. You get out alive, you get out without being arrested, and if you feel like you've been done wrong, fight it after the fact because, uh, you know, in the moment, you know, cops have all the power, and that's what our society has uh, allowed them to do is just to be able to run roughshod over citizens uh, with no repercussions. And so you're not going to win in the moment. So get out alive, get out without being arrested and fight it then. Um, But the thing is, that's
0: easier said than done. It's easier
1: said than done. Absolutely. And the thing is, and and even that doesn't always save you. I mean, you know, one of the most gruesome pictures or videos I have ever seen was of a white guy who was killed by a cop in Texas, Daniel Shaver. If you haven't seen that video and, you know, you have the stomach for it, watch it because it's just this guy who is uh, drunk in a hotel room going back to his hotel room, as is his right, right? He's on vacation or something. He's, he's drinking, having a good time, and uh, he's not able to play Simon Says exactly right, and he gets executed. I mean, just on, the, I mean, it's insane. And so even complying is not going to um, it's not going to save you all the time. But uh, uh, so like Adam said, better safe than sorry. But the thing is, is that we shouldn't have to do that. Um, and this video of this band director being harassed by the cops is, in my mind, really a Rorschach test Uh, for, you know, are you a red blooded, freedom loving American or are you an authoritarian? And that's really kind of the difference, because if you're a red blooded, freedom-loving American, you're going to see this video and you're going to see a free citizen doing something that he has done many times before, that he has every right in the world to do, being come and and barked orders at by an armed agent of the state for no no reason at all. That's what you're going to see if you're a freedom-loving, red-blooded American. If you're an authoritarian, what you're going to see is an uppity subject not reacting in servile compliance to rightful authority getting his comeuppance. That's what you're going to see if you're an authoritarian. And it's just difficult for me to get into the mind space of the latter person. And especially it's difficult to understand because the latter person is more likely to use words like freedom and liberty and small government and all this kind of stuff. But the only times that they ever talk about that is when they're fighting the government giving people health care or feeding people. That's when they're worried about small government. It's not when uh, the government, which police is the government, it's not when the government is harassing people and arresting people and physically assaulting people. That's not when they're worried about small government. But I just wanna play this for you. These are the first words in this interaction that the cops say to these, remember, grown men, not children. These are grown men that these cops are talking to. Let's play this clip. It's time to go. Y'all gotta go. Get them out. Every single one of those statements orders. Not questions, what are y'all doing? Hey, you know, when are y'all planning to leave? What's going on here? You know, maybe these people are just ignorant of the fifth quarter tradition, or maybe they don't know, or maybe they don't know what's going on. That's what you would do if you're a normal person with respect for your fellow citizen, right? I have never in my life gone up to somebody, and my first words in in an interaction with them are an order because i respect people right i'm an adult they're an adult i'm gonna treat them like an adult i don't have unlimited authority over i have not been brainwashed to expect servile compliance from people that i just walk across in my daily life and neither do you if you're listening to this right you don't walk around with that kind of entitlement okay so that person that they were talking to at first It was like the assistant or something. So then they come up to the band director. They basically do the exact same thing. Let's play this clip. Y'all got to go. I've got my troops coming. And I'm going to clear them out is what this guy says, about children playing music. (laughs) I mean, it's just insane to me. I cannot get into the mind of this guy. How do you, I mean, I just, it's impossible for me to understand. Absolutely impossible. And so, you know, look, the band director said, get out of my face, get out of my face. He reacted negatively to somebody coming around and ordering him around like a servant. Okay? And that's a reasonable reaction. We can say that maybe it was not the most advisable, but that is absolutely understandable. And it is totally the fault of the police. A hundred percent. This situation is on their shoulders. Absolutely no reason for them to have began the conversation this way, to have escalated the conversation, to have arrested this guy 100% on their shoulders, and yet, here's what they had to say after it was over.
5: Hey, you
6: no, know, you didn't want to listen, bro. No, hey, man, that's just wrong,
3: bro.
4: you seen that? I said we were done at the end of the song. No, no, no,
6: Let's sir. just finish the song. I,
1: I told you twice, before I crossed the fence. This is the worst thing I ever done. I feel so bad. Here's another one that they, here's another clip from after the arrest.
4: Joe, hey. save this.
3: Oh, that oh, was new. This is how I see you The police are out of you again. That's bad. How are we ever gonna fix this? Nah, now we everybody's be bad. The bad, they finna hate me. Now I gotta try to get up to your school. Your students, uh, they just got maced on the bus. I gotta get up to your school and fix this. To build this gap, to bridge it, and all you had to do was comply. That's what I'm saying. That's why y'all, you, should, you should so look, escalated. That's what I'm saying.
1: You allowed it to. You not, wouldn't I, comply. I, I did not let this escalate. So I, I told we, him when he was in front. I said, hey, this is the last song. How are we going to fix this? This is your fault. It's not my fault for coming in like a maniac. How are we going to fix this? I'm just baffled at how this situation happened that I created and I'm solely responsible for. It's insane. I don't understand it. I don't, I really don't understand it. I really don't. I can't get into the minds of these people. So there we go. That's the, that's the last story for the show. We're going to, like I said, got us a whole second half of the program over time where we're going to be talking some more about this. We're going to be taking calls 844-899-TVLR. We appreciate y'all tuning in that's gonna be a uh, uh, that's gonna be it for the first half of our program. Thanks again for listening to us on the radio. Find us online Facebook YouTube you can keep listening to the show otherwise we'll see you next week Okay <clears throat> all right yeah we're off the radio now. I cut it a little bit close with that last segment but man I just I really like I don't understand it's disturbing Uh, it's it is like it's absolutely disturbing that there are people walking around among us with that kind of attitude with that kind of
0: attitude and that, that kind of power
1: and that kind of power
0: the power to ruin lives
1: they arrested this guy he might get fired Hopefully, I mean, the AEA is representing him in this case where he was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest and all this kind of stuff. AEA is representing them, going to try to get him out of this. Um, and I hope they do. And I hope they do. And I appreciate them doing that. That is absolutely a good thing that they are representing this brother. Absolutely. They should. And I appreciate them doing that. And I hope they're successful. And I just, I can't understand it, man. I can't understand the the entitlement the disrespect um and then I also don't understand almost even more than that because right these people have gone through training and they've been just, I mean literally brainwashed to believe that this is like how people should treat them um this but, militarization militarization but then the people that see that that see that clip that see this guy going up to another grown man and barking orders at him that see that and say, oh, yeah, the guy who they were barking orders at is in the wrong for not like uh, <laughs> immediately complying with a nonsense order. You know, I just I like he's in the wrong. Like, I don't understand that. And then, you know, I mean, like I that's not a free society at right. that point. And, right? and
0: I think it also spe- speaks to a lack of empathy. I mean, they d- can't imagine themselves in his yeah, shoes. Right, right. They just can't. They cannot Imagine themselves in his shoes. Um, And so I think that's part of it. And yeah, the militarization. I mean, I noticed the I'm bringing my troops, your troops. troops. Is this Iraq?
1: Right.
0: You know, is this Ukraine? Uh, And and, but that's the attitude they have so often. Uh, You know, they're militarized, not just in their equipment, but in their mindset. Mm -hmm. And they see our communities like territories to occupy you know like they're the colonial government squashing us under their thumb and i just um yeah i hate it for this this gentleman i hate it for the kids who were there and and had to see their band director go through that that's Mm -hmm. no doubt you know uh you know it was a traumatic moment on on some level for those kids um and the the cop was right at the end about how the kids are going to take that right um, You get you, you know, you reap what you sow. Right. And there's a reason why people distrust the police. And there's a reason why people fear the police. Uh, and there's a reason why people have real, real problems and concerns with the police. This is just one of many, many, many examples. Right. Yeah. I mean, even circling back to the conversation we had this morning with Eddie Bur- Burkhalter in the ways in which. Uh, the court system Mm. relies upon fleecing citizens. Yeah. Just fleecing folks. And so, of course, there's distrust and fear. And, you know, it's, yeah, I I really hate it for him. Wishing him all the best. I hope he sues the crap out of all of them involved and gets everything he's looking for.
1: Yep. All right, folks. Uh, We're going to go ahead and head into overtime. And uh, gonna get to some calls, gonna react to some reactions to the UAW strike, gonna have a good time with that. 844 899 8857 844 899 TVLR. If you want to get in, uh, would love to hear from UAW members. Uh, we'll be right back.